Now, True Wealth, presented by Little John Financial Services. Here are David Littlejohn and Katie Shook with True Wealth on News Radio 1240 KQEN. All right, gang, welcome to your favorite Tuesday you've had all week, probably your favorite Tuesday you've had all day. Uh, it is time for the True Wealth Show. You are joining us on KQEN, and I am your host, David Littlejohn. And I know there is a bunch of you that are going to kind of have that moment of like, oh, because Katie is on vacation. But don't worry, as is customary, we bring in ringers. And so joining me today, Mr. Rick Emberson. Hello. So welcome to the show, and uh, we're thrilled to have you. Uh, Rick, gosh, I'm thinking about, we go back, it's more than a decade now, you know? Um, probably further than that, it's it starts to blend together. I think that's a good sign when it starts to blend together and you lose track of it all. Um, so anyway, uh oh, what are we? Here? Oh, what? is he number two? Yes. Oh, look at that! All right, so we're gonna give you more go. Gotcha. So okay. this is we're, we're that thanks Dale. We're you know the engineers come in saying we're gonna need we need more power. Right. So now we can hear Rick better. And then we'll say, remember, swallow the microphone. That's the other <laughs> hint. Uh, so, Rick, I know that uh, with your years and years of radio experience here, that uh, me catching you flat-footed will be next to impossible today. Sure. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Part of why I was hoping to have you join me, you know, Rick was one of the first people to really challenge me. And in fact, in some in some respects, it's part of why we named the show The True Wealth Show. There you go. Okay? Because uh, Rick was the first one to challenge me on some of the trade-offs that, are, that, that we all make. But he used to ask me these sort of questions of, uh, I will, I'll give you a hint. Rick, he's got a couple years on me. <laughs> That's as much as we'll say. Uh, but friend, mentor... Uh, business associate in in some regards, uh, different bi- different businesses. But as a CPA, you know we've done a, a lot of work together, um, collaborated with clients, that kind of thing. So it's been a lot of fun. But you're always challenging me, Rick, on exactly. how to. I I, I I I almost use the phrase like live a good life. Well, wealth is not all about money, David. <laughs> it's <laughs> hence the True Wealth Show, and so today we're going to explore some concepts of, I'm calling like the, the trade-offs that we make in life. Exactly. Right? This has been brought home to me recently because uh, of all things, I had an injury. Okay? Now everybody remembers I was at an undisclosed location that has since been disclosed. As I was in South Carolina, went on vacation. And of all the goofy things to have happen, I was unloading a suitcase at the airport off of the shuttle from the parking garage area and i pulled a muscle in my back <laughs> no that, that could happen it's just a trivial little deal but you know i got a back injury and, and it was something that it's never happened before it's never been an issue and it's just sort of nagging and hanging around and you, you know you start to go oh grumble grumble and and then invariably somebody makes the oh we're getting older joke and well, i you know, david you know the first sign or of injury the, the biggest cause for injury for an older guy is still thinking he's a young guy <laughs> yeah touche <laughs> touche well and it takes longer to heal and all those good things but it, it really got me to thinking about the trade-offs that 
uh, we make in life. You know, I'm, I'm raising kids right now. Uh, you've got, uh, I think you've got some grandkids in the four. He's right. So four. Four kids. Two grandkids. Four, four kids, two grandkids? Yep. Excellent. And, you know, y- you get a, a, a sense of perspective with time. And I find myself as a professional investment advisor, I'm constantly telling people it's important to save for the future and to delay a certain amount of gratification. That's ingrained in us, right? The saving mentality. I mean, I think that comes in the industry, mm-hmm. right? You like, you can't be a CPA and just <laughs> tell people, like, you know what, spend it all. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, the the question I I want to pose today, and what I want to explore on this show a little bit, and I hope our listeners can appreciate this, is I still believe it's important to delay gratification. But when are the times that you need to seize the day? When are the moments, and how do you make some of those decisions? You know, you need to be present. You need to be today. You need to lead your life like a dog who might get chastised one minute and comes back and licks you and is wagging his tail the next. So you need to be there. And you can't be focused totally on the future nor looking in the rearview mirror. I agree. And one of the things that uh, is a different mentor, who was a, he was a floor trader. But he used to talk about trades. And it was funny. I, I hadn't heard this phraseology much before, but he was talking about how he'd worked somewhere, and then when he left that job, and he said, no, nah, it was a pretty good trade. And I said, like, what are you talking about? I said, well, you know, the, the trade of his time and for the experience and the people that he was engaged with, he learned something, moved on to something else, and it was a good trade. Yeah. It was a framework that he was utilizing, and I think there's some real value in that to look at, well, what am I giving up and what am I gaining? And, and that, was, that was just his perspective, is every decision was this, I'm going to gain one thing and I'm going to give something else up. Is it worth the trade? Yeah, every decision you made has, has crafted you, just like on the potter's wheel. And you learn from those experiences and you look forward to using the best of your skills. Well, that's it. So that's the question today that I'm going to pose is, is it a good trade? So... The first question that I'm going to sort of pose to you. Now, some of these are they're the real financial questions, okay? okay? Let's start with like, like a softball question, Rick. Um, when it comes to saving, okay, retirement accounts, yes or no? Yes. Yes. Okay. Now, Roth account versus a traditional account? Generally, yes. Depends on age. Okay. So... When, when talking about the trade between a Roth and a traditional, what's some of the basic framework? How many years till retirement when you need the money? How many years to grow? Um, and simply what your investment objectives are. Uh, keeping the end in mind, first of all, sometimes we get so pent up on trying to save tax dollars that we lose sight of the overall economics. And having the end in mind puts that in perspective. I, I love that. Um, I'm big on having results or goals associated with things. So the end in mind is kind of a fun way of saying, well, goals, right? You know, what what are you really trying to accomplish with this thing? And so, well, how, it, it has a mission profile. It's supposed to do this thing. Mm-hmm. How do I make sure it does the thing? Yeah. Well, you have to pay attention. And I think you have to lean on some intelligent advisors. 
<laughs> make a team because you can't do everything yourself. That has certainly been truth in my life. Yeah. Uh, and when I think about the the team concept, it's not just because it's uh, some of it's because I mean there are people that are better than me at things. They're just smarter and they're more experienced. Uh, Rick, I bring you complex tax stuff, yeah. and and uh, you know, the, the, the CPAs can be funny. Can I? I'm going to share a joke. This was one of the first. Uh, oh, it's so inappropriate on the radio. I'm going to do it anyway. But because uh, uh, Rick, you told me this joke. It was like I one did? of the first ones I remembered. Oh, oh I'm going to get him to blush too. He said, um, "What do CPAs use for birth control?" <laughs> Uh, I think they look at their shoes. No, their personality. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, and so it's, it's a terrible, it's so mean to CPAs because Rick is just, he's so fun. He never fits the mold. But, you know, I bring him complex tax stuff, and it's like a fun puzzle for you. Hey, it's a challenge. And, yeah. And life is a continuance of challenges. And that's, uh, that's what's fun and keeps me in the game. But see, I like, not only is it a challenge, but you've come up with some really creative solutions. Like just different ways to look at things, break it apart and say, well, you know, but if you did this strategy, it produces a better outcome if you follow it through to the end goal. You know, I've had the advantage of seeing a number of people over the years and uh, seeing how they responded to things. And that's part of what uh, helps me do that. But the other thing is, is you have to sit back and evaluate your life. Again, finances are important, savings, retirement, so so on. But uh, you need to look at what your goals are in terms of your life. You can't reach the end of your life and die with a million dollars and not having lived your life. Well, yeah, this is, uh, we've talked about this one too, the game of more, right? Yeah. There's, we, a lot of pe people, I'm gonna, I'm gonna talk a little bit about this concept of gaming, right, gamification, this is a fun one. But the game of more, you, maybe you don't even realize you're playing it. Right? For some people, and a lot of entrepreneurs, it's just, how do I accumulate more? Right? It's uh, the business gets bigger, or I need more in savings, or I need a bigger house, or more customers. Whatever it is, it's just more, 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 more. And it's always about, well, let me, as soon as I achieve one goal, okay, I, I get to check a box. Now I set another goal that's even bigger. Yeah. Right? Yep. And my question is, can you win the game of more? It's never ending. No, it's uh, you. Sometimes it takes a, a big life event, maybe a heart attack, maybe a death in the family, maybe a divorce, and uh, you're shaken to the core, and uh, you have to reevaluate. And uh, more is not always better. Um, uh, and so again, to be present and uh, to look at things realistically and enjoy the time you have because. We can count our money, but we can't count on how much time we have left. Right, and uh, I understand you can drive a hearse to your funeral. <laughs> it's just really ridiculous to bury it with you, right? I mean, like it's 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 uh, obviously it doesn't go with you. So I want to talk a little bit. Of, so we're, we're here's what we're gonna do. We got to grab our first break. We'll we'll do that when I come back. We'll talk about not just. The game concept, but how to make this game work for you. And then we're going to talk a little bit about, you know, where should the more go? Where is the stuff that you can invest in that's permanent? That more when we come back. This is David Littlejohn and my guest, 
is where you say your name. Rick Emerson. There you go. (laughs) And you're listening to True Wealth on News Radio 1240 KQEN. Hey, gang, welcome back to the True Wealth Show. This is Dave Littlejohn with me in studio today, Mr. Rick Embertson. Howdy. Thanks for joining us. And a reminder, if you're just tuning in, uh, we've got a podcast that you can check out. It'll be available, uh, posted after the show today. It's uh, They posted at 541 Radio, but I always tell you, go to littlejohnfs.com. That's where you can get... Uh, the, the backlog of all the shows that we've ever done, but you can also get lots of other valuable tools and resources if you are an investor or just trying to learn more. Uh, we, we keep a lot updated there, so it's a good resource for you. It'll direct you to our newsletters, our YouTube channel, all the stuff that we're producing. So we'd love to have you there. And you can get caught up on what we've been talking about because I posed an interesting, I think it's an interesting question before the break, which is if you the, the game of more, Right in in the true wealth world, which is the radio show today, right? It's it's not just about money, right? I mean, money is how Absolutely. what how you you can count it. Money's great because money facilitates a lot of things, but money doesn't actually buy happiness. You know, no. If you don't have money, you're probably miserable in some ways because it helps you get to the minimum things of life support. But money in and of itself doesn't make you happy. No. No. And so, money's how we trade our time. Right? Hey, I got to go to work. I got to do the other thing so that I can get money to then exchange it for something else. So as we're trading our time for money, it's yeah. a store of value. So where, if if the game of more isn't the game you want to play, Rick, what is the game to play? Well, um, you need to look at your values. You need to look at uh, the strength of your family, and you need to give back to them and provide and. Uh, uh, the more you invest in yourself and the more you can create perhaps a passive income outside of your active job will help you gain some more freedom. Yeah. And, uh, uh, and it's, it's a chore, uh, balancing family, work, all of the other obligations, uh, but it's also actively involved. And through that course, you meet other people. And those other people, believe it or not, are there also to help you and teach you. So uh, you can't run this one alone. It's really true. Yeah. Uh, sometimes it's just somebody holding up a mirror. Exactly. You know, they're, they're, that may or may not have ever happened to me, Rick. <laughs> <laughs> just the challenge of why are you running so hard? What are you, uh, go, what are you running for? Well, it's, 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 I would say uh, society has ingrained that in us, and that is getting up in the morning and going. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and you want the best for your family. Uh, you want the best for yourself. And uh, sometimes you end up working so hard that you don't pay attention to yourself, so you have to stop and sharpen the saw. Yeah. And, uh, and that's what it's about. Well, you know, I think the, you know, the game of more and the working hard thing are sort of these, uh, they're cultural values in the United States for those that are trying to achieve the American dream. Yeah. As if the American dream is in a box that you can just unwrap and it's in there if you just do these things, right? And yeah. what what experience has taught me is that, first of all, a lot of folks, uh, the American dream is not a consistent dream for everybody, right? Like you, have, you, the listener, who you out there right now, your American dream has a lot of things in common with my personal, David's American dream, but they're not the same, right? No. We actually don't have the same dream because some of the things that are important to me are not important to you. But we have overlap, 
you know, there's going to be some things that we have in common. I'd like to have enough resources that it's not a barrier to me doing certain things. Right. I, I mean, I want to have enough resources that I can eat and have food, <laughs> food shelter over and that my family's taken care of. Those are those are really important to me. Uh, but do I need like a million billion dollars and a you know giant yachts and airplanes and all that stuff? Eh, I don't know. No. I don't. I don't know that that actually brings you any more happiness. No. Uh, in fact, research would say it doesn't. Interestingly enough, that there's a real diminishing marginal return to more. But you know what I think is important? What? The memories, the experiences, the people. Exactly. Uh, when I look back on my life. I don't ever look back on the stuff and think, oh, that stuff was so great. I look back and say, oh, those times with people I cared about were so great. Exactly. So that, I think, is the um, – that's the true wealth element to it. So how do we get to more of those things? How, how do you get to where you can, you can be solvent but focus on the memories and the, and the relationships and the people? Well, you need to be act actively engaged, and uh, when the guilt arises about I have to do this and this and this, but it's a sacrifice, if you will, for your family time, is you make the right choice. Not always does that happen. Sure. But um, yeah, you need just need need to be mindful, and uh, and do the best you can. Yeah. And at the end of the day, uh, thank your lucky stars, you're still here. <laughs> the, the simple ones. I like the the mantra that. This is not just working harder. You know, hard yeah. work is not actually the panacea. It's it doesn't magically fix everything. Working it, hard is important, but working smart and directing it and targeting it and working in high value areas, that to me is key because my experience teaches me that there's a very significant difference between busy being busy and being productive. All right? Work, working smarter absolutely right right and you and and in a sense i'm just borrowing from what rick already said because when you talk about surrounding your life with other professionals and with the uh, a team of people to help you it's not just because you know when i go to other professionals one they're, they're experts frees up my time to not be an expert now <laughs> Right. So, yeah. so I would rather Rick, I'm delighted that you love taxes. Well. <laughs> I know enough to be dangerous. Like I'm actually pretty decent at, at the tax elements, but I'm delighted to know that that is really your sweet spot where it, it may be a zone of excellence for me. It can be a zone of genius for yeah, you. It's a lifelong learning. That's what it's all about. And again, it's more challenges. Um, but going back to being more productive or working smarter, mm -hmm. reflecting on the week ahead on say Sunday night, uh, relative to your goals and your objectives and your strategy is laying out the week and try to prioritize those things that are most important because so oftentimes other things get in and clutter up the week and by the time you're at the end of the week you wonder why you didn't get something done because you simply didn't prioritize it mm-hmm so yeah doing things with intention that's another one you know busy versus productive doing things on purpose versus allowing things to simply happen, right? I mean, having a, a very intentional, um, I guess just a very, very intentional that, you, that you've, you've scheduled the things that you're, you're wanting to do that you, you know, so you are, you're just talking about this advanced planning element to it. Yeah. Uh, and by the way, 
it makes it sound like it's stiff and boring and uninteresting. I really disagree, right? And I'm not saying you made it sound that way, Rick. I'm mm-hmm. saying that the idea of, oh, well, you got to do all this planning. and it's like, There's another term for it that entrepreneurs use a lot that I think changes the whole way people can think and feel about this. It's the vision process. Yep. Like, look, where do you want to go? What you're doing is you're sort of imagining what the future needs to look like and then building back to how to create that future you want. Uh, people without vision, without vision will fail. Well, or, or, they'll, there. or they'll certainly, you know, there, there's no room to complain if you just went through life one step after the other, you never lifted your head up and you got there, right? If I get in the car and just started driving into the middle of nowhere, I actually achieved my objective. <laughs> you might end up there. <laughs> right? I'd be like, I could do it. I could get to nowhere. <laughs> yeah. But if I wanted to go to a place, then I need to know where it is, and I need to know the route to get there. Exactly. Right? And if there's detours along the way, that's in fact, there's a detour on the way to the radio station today. Right? Well, I still knew the destination. I knew, okay, I could route around it. Exactly. It, I didn't anticipate it, but when I got there, it's like, hey. I can work with this. It's not even going to derail me so much. I'll be late for the show or anything. No, we made it. So that's this idea that uh, having a vision or having a plan is stiff or boring or makes you, you know, a nerd or whatever. Well, if it makes you a nerd, that's awesome, right? <laughs> uh, that's awesome because you know what they call nerds when they grow up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> boss. Oh, <laughs> that's what they call the nerds when they grow up. Uh-oh. So anyhow, I think that uh, having the right the, the vision gives you that's it's the anchor point, right? That that's how you can you get a better sense of where you you know what should you be doing? What are the activities that are productive? Uh, so now how how to make it fun? That's the next question, right? How do, how do you make all of this fun, right? Well, I think you make better choices, and uh, that is is that um, you choose to be around certain circles, and those that are positive and feeding back versus negative and tearing you down is where you grow, and they encourage your growth, and you in turn uh, encourage them. Um, uh, sometimes in life we can't always choose where we're at or who we're with, but at the same point, there's a circle of friends that uh, are basically helping you fly farther. Uh, you know, you know why Rick is chuckling about the fly farther thing, <laughs> yeah. right? It's like his tagline. You know, it's, 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 we help you fly farther. Help you fly further. Uh, how do you come up with the goose? Oh, uh, well, actually, it was because of memories of my father and hunting with my father, but. I reached a point where shooting them wasn't as fun as watching them and videotaping them. Okay. And uh, they're just magnificent in the way that they uh, have a family structure, how they work together, and uh, how they take turns doing tough chores. You're, this is the V formation reference, isn't it? Exactly. You know, I don't know if, our, if, if you as a listener don't know, so uh, Canadian geese in particular, there's some fascinating elements to this. and. Uh, I don't know nearly as much as Ricky. You probably tell a, a much better story. But, you know, they fly in this V formation because the, pers- the, the the goose at the front is actually the one doing the most work. Breaking wind. And then everybody behind them 
sort of lines up on the airfoil ripples that are created from that lead goose. It's called drafting. Yep, and and so and and they do this in cycling and racing and all kinds of things. But in in aviation, you fly off the wingtip because that disrupted air becomes less of a barrier. Disrupted air is actually easier to fly and it's less effort. Yeah. Right? And so they all line up in these V's and then they fly for great distances in the lead. Goose doesn't stay in the lead the whole time. No, he takes turns. He's, he drops out, and some, another one takes his place so he can gain some energy back, and the other one can break the... Yeah, so the they sort of spell each other, and they cooperate uh-huh. in these Vs. And, and you'll notice that a lot of the time, the Vs are relatively symmetrical. Yeah, they, you know, they, they don't get too out of whack. There might be a couple extra geese on one end or the other, but for the most part, yeah. they, they cooperate as a group. Yeah. And they literally can fly farther because of that cooperation. So all of that symbolism in your, uh, you know, your your it corporate was, uh, branding there. It was, uh, yeah, a seminar years ago that that highlighted that, but certainly it fits in many ways. Not only in terms of uh, the lifespan of geese, but also for our life in terms of how we can yeah. operate. Well, I'm huge on the team thing. So let's do this. Let's grab our next break, and then I want to talk to you a little bit about how would you assemble the right team around you. So why don't we talk about that when we come back? We got to take a quick break. This is David Littlejohn and my guest Rick Gemberson. And you're listening to True Wealth on News Radio 1240 KQEN. Hey gang, welcome back to the True Wealth Show. I'm your host David Littlejohn and you know today Katie didn't join me because she's off playing. She's having her staycation. I can't fault her for that. You know, after all the COVID nonsense, it was like, just everybody needs a break now. And I got a break. It was her turn. So, but I've got my uh, pinch hitter in today, Mr. Rick Embertson. Here we are. So thanks for joining us. If you, Again, podcast, check it out if you want to get some of the backstory. We've been covering some ground on true wealth today, right? And we've talked a little bit about making trades so we all get trade-offs and decisions when when is it uh when should you defer gratification when should you try to realize it right now and then we talked a little bit about working smarter not just harder being productive but not busy we talked about surrounding ourselves with the right people and that's what i want to build on a little bit right now rick is uh i see maybe there's more than this and feel free to you know expand but i see two key groups right you've got your uh social circle if you will that's kind of a team of people around you yeah but you've also got your professional circle and that's the team of people that really helps you to do as you say fly farther uh, and there there can be overlap but they don't necessarily have to overlap exactly how i mean i know how i form a social circle i mean it's you know i have interests and so forth and you just kind of click and want to hang out how do you surround yourself with the right professionals to build that team around you i think there's a chemistry involved first of all that you can communicate uh, easier with another individual and everyone's different so uh, no one is absolutely perfect but i think you also need to look at do they have your back are they looking to truly help you beyond the question that's on the desk and uh, when you delve into that deeper and you create more uh, communication, then you in, ter- you in turn can benefit more. 
And so it's uh, sitting at the table and asking the tough question and seeing the response and, um, and, and using it. And you can tell from history in the sense of uh, here's the answer and here's the recommendation and did this work? Well, right. my goodness, yes, it did. And as opposed to other things that probably didn't work out. And uh, it's not a permanent choice. It's, it's, it's a matter of going day by day. Yeah. You know, I took two things that popped into my head as you said this. Uh, and I, I love to summarize these little things. It's just <laughs> a, but there's competency and then there's chemistry. Yeah. Right. And I think those are really, really critical. The competency is, uh, it's like a matter of hygiene to me. I expect the person that says, look, I'm a professional at doing this. Okay, then I expect you to be. If you prove otherwise, then shame on you, right? Yeah. But chemistry is different, isn't it? You well, know? It's, 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 in, in today's day and age, it's uh, hire for attitude and train for skill. Yeah. You, can, you can put the skills on, but at the core of that is the attitude about helping this person sitting across the other desk. Yeah, uh, and we, we believe that in our firm for sure. There's also the term I've heard, culture eats strategy, right? Yeah. So culture is a reference to the, the, the people in your organization. Now, we're talking, I think, about, because Rick and I both run small businesses, and we're talking about, well, what is the values that our small business believe in? And we both, there's a reason that I, I have Rick on the show. I mean, I know that the, the concept of getting it right for the customer and making an excellent service experience and delivering the results is important to both of us. Yeah. Uh, so that's, a, it was really, it's a real easy one there. And that's not to say that there are other financial professionals in the area that would do a great job. I just, you know, we're really well aligned culturally and our belief systems. Yeah. But when I think about, you know, so you're listening to the show right now and you're thinking, hey, but how do I know who I should work with or do I need somebody at all? Like, um, here's a fun question. This one, um, for, the, for the, you know, you're a CPA, you do taxes and so forth. At what point does somebody need a CPA? When some of life's complexities um, begin to pile up, um, I'm not going to just say uh, beyond simple returns, but when either planning and or uh, family life stage, uh, be it life insurance, be it investing, um, where you're not sleeping at night, mm-hmm. you're restless. And that's, that's truly a sign that's like, let's go seek some help. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm over my head, help. <laughs> well, you know, we all are at different parts and, and we're never perfect. So. It's, but it's a matter where you alone uh, can't fly as far or yeah. as far with, with other, without other people. Well, l- let, me, let me expand on that a little bit. For some folks, it's time just because you don't like doing it, you don't want to do it, or because you have other things that are more pressing and you can't get to it. Yeah. Um, personally, I'm kind of all of those things. <laughs> it's not that I lack the competence to f- navigate the IRS tax code. I mean, as a certified financial planner, that's part of the curriculum when you go through it is yeah. you have to have a pretty good understanding of how tax operates. Yeah. And so Rick and I have had really fun conversations. That fun is a, the, a funny term, but professionally, they're fun <laughs> to have professional conversations where both parties understand what's being discussed and you're, and you're fine tuning a strategy. Because yeah, exactly. when you get to talk shop and nerd out a little bit professionally, you don't often get to do that with a peer. And so it really is, it's a fun experience. It's, I'm, I, 
It's problem solving, David. Yeah, and and so, but that's a lot of. But I don't actually do my taxes very often because I'm busy doing a bunch of other stuff for our clients, and so it's like I don't change my own oil, right? It's it's not a super sophisticated process to change oil, but it turns out I can go somewhere else, and somebody has the equipment to get it done, the oil's already there, the disposal's already handled, I'm in and out really quickly, and it's very convenient for me. And so it's worth it to me to trade my time through money for them to do it so I can focus on all the other stuff. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. You look at the skills you're good at, the look at the skills that you're not so good at, and spending your time trying to improve those uh, lesser skills is not as productive if you do what you do well and find somebody else to help you with the other ones that either you don't enjoy or you or you need help with. Right, and and here's the here's the real catch that some people miscalculate in their minds. Um, a lot of people that I deal with would like to figure out ways to increase the their financial wealth because that creates a different level of freedom for them to do other things. Yep. It's not just chasing the game of more. It's the I'd like to be able to go to Hawaii or something like that. So they want to play that game, and. I have to remind them, sometimes you want to outsource things because even though you're outsourcing it to somebody that you could actually be better than them at it. Yeah. But you need to take your time and apply it elsewhere where it's more effective. Exactly. And so you have to be willing to sort of acquiesce almost and say, okay, I'm going to let somebody else who's actually slightly less qualified than me yep. deal with it because my time is better spent elsewhere. So uh, that's a good choice. It's it's a real yeah. It's a good trade off, right? Mm -hmm. But it's a hard one to make, especially if if you struggle with delegation <laughs> or if you struggle with being a perfectionist and wanting everything done. You know, it's perfectionists really struggle because if uh, <laughs> here I got I've got a fun one for you. Right, done is better than perfect. Ah, okay, and perfect is the enemy of good. Now, if you do something well then you have to know at what point is good enough, okay? Uh, you know that they actually have tolerances in construction and manufacturing where you have to have the accuracy to a point and beyond that, more accuracy is not necessary. Diminishing returns. Right. Did you know there are tolerances for the space shuttle, right? <laughs> or like a rocket that they're gonna send to Mars. There's tolerances there. And what they're saying is, it's good enough if you get to this threshold. It's so it's tight enough to work, because if you give yourself a zero tolerance for everything forever, you'll never finish. Yeah, absolutely right. And so you, it's it's the not the game of more. It's the game of just finish, right? <laughs> and you've, we've all seen the person that like they've been working on a quilt for twenty years, or they've been you know working on you know, hey, I want to cut my lawn perfect, and by the time I get it cut perfect, it's time to cut it again. Time to do it again. <laughs> you know? So yeah, at some point you go. All right, this is good enough so that I can do another thing now. <laughs> I think it was John Glenn who was sitting in the rocket capsule about to be shot off, knowing that the cheapest bidder was one who assembled the rocket. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's something to it. Um, but anyway, the, the mindset of what it takes is it's really important to know when is. Now, the flip side, there's a flip side of this one, right? If if there's, you know, done is better than perfect, but the flip side is don't, don't half effort the thing, right? Don't, 
don't throw it in or just do such a, a minimal effort that you've now sacrificed quality to the point that it becomes noticeable and it's, it creates your own problem, right? Yeah. You can you can not do it, or you can do it poorly. Also, what, what goes so, around comes around. Yeah. So, so don't. I'm not suggesting here. Hey, you know what? Done is better than perfect. Just you know, we're good. It's it's like playing golf. Not everything's a gimme. Okay. <laughs> At some point, you got to put the putt in the cup. That's that's how it goes. <laughs> so. Uh, there is a balance, though, and that's what we're seeking. Is remember everything's a trade-off. Yep. Everything's a trade-off. So understand when is it okay to make the trade and see that's good enough. Like uh, my oil change, I want it good enough that there's oil in the car and it's changed and clean and the maintenance was done. I don't want it to be like, a, well, you know, we looked at it and said it was an oil change. That is not good enough. No. <laughs> okay. But no. uh, you know whether my oil is filtered to one gajillionth of a micron or two gajillionths of a micron. I don't know. Whatever the manufacturer says was good enough. Let's do that. So Follow the plan. Exactly. All right. Well, look, we got to take our last break. So we're going to do that. We come back. A couple of final thoughts as we're assembling our team and figuring out. I want a couple more comments on what are the right trades for quality of life. Those when we come back. This is David Littlejohn and and Rick Emberton and you're listening to True Wealth on News Radio 1240 KQEN Hey gang, welcome back to the True Wealth show. Uh, this is Dave Littlejohn and with Katie subbing out today, pinch hitting for her is Mr. Rick Emberton. All right, look, see, now we got him. He's finally getting the sweet spot here as we hit our stride. Uh, and I, and I, I told you before we started the show, Rick, that, you know what, an hour will blow by. As soon as you start getting in the groove, you'll be like, wait a minute, we're done? Uh, so here we are on the final segment. We have covered a lot of ground. Just check out the podcast. Go to littlejohnfs.com if you want to hear more. Um, and we're, we're talking about uh, assembling the right team around you. But what I really want to ask you, Rick, is something that you challenged me personally on early in our relationship. Uh -oh. to, this, to this day, you uh -oh. challenged me. Uh, and, and in a very good way, mm -hmm. um, you know, you were kind of my true wealth mentor. It's mm -hmm. always the one that, that you will remind me, hey, where are your priorities? What are what are you thinking here? Yeah. Uh, and I, I love it because, first of all, you've never said like, hey, don't go out there and do things professionally uh, or, or don't don't ignore your business. Just have fun with it. You know, let it be part of who you are. But don't miss the forest for the trees. Yeah. Right. Don't miss the experiences and the people. That's so true. So how do you make, I mean, if you were given advice on making good trades for quality of life, the times that it's okay, say, sometimes you should defer gratification, sometimes you should say, nope, you need to do this. Uh, so I, at the break, I told you I was going to frame this for you, and I was going to give you a toughie, but let's say uh -huh. that you were told, you know what, you've got 18 months left. Now, the good news is, you are relatively bulletproof for the next 18 months. But at the end of when the clock strikes 12 at the end, poof, it's not going to hurt, nothing like that, but you're done. Yeah. So in 18 months, what do you do? Well, I'd see it be starting by telling a lot of people that I love them and spending time with the family uh, and doing some things, fun things together um, and living life each day be it uh, going to spin class, be it meeting people for coffee, that is, if we can after COVID. Right, why right. Not? But um, yeah, enjoying people 
and enjoying the sun coming up and the sun setting. Um, those are times that you cannot replace. And given the, the nature of 18 months, well, there'd be quite a bit squeezed in there. But th there's still also gratification in terms of work life. And that is, on the other side, it's not all about me. It's also about helping others. And um, by helping others, it, there's a purpose, and you're here for that. And trying to fulfill that is uh, gratifying. You know, I'll let folks in on a little secret. If you're out there struggling or you're depressed or bummed out or anything like that, one of the best things you can do therapeutically is to help other people. Yep. Uh, not only will it distract you from where you're at, but you'll realize that you have a purpose and in helping others, it will help you to realize that you do bring value. A lot of time when you're bummed out, right? You start yeah, to get mopey about this. No, I promise everybody, you're listening to this show, you have value. And those of you that get it, like go serve, right? Serve others and it's amazing how gratifying it is. It's so uh, well-spoken, David. So. I think that's great advice. Now, how would it change, though, if I said, look, you know what, you get a month? <laughs> well, that would be a condensed 18 months, but essentially it's, again, uh, loving people, sharing time with family and friends, um, and uh, expressing gratitude. You know, uh, uh, we could be in a much worse situation than our neighbor, and we have to be grateful for what we have albeit maybe not all of what we expected. Right. But um, again, we're not guaranteed a, a lifetime of no trouble, and we all have an end. We can count how much money we have, but we don't know how much time we have. Yeah, well, that's you talk about conversations we've had. At, well, there's an expiration date. Yeah. And so uh, you know, living with purpose and on purpose, I think, are very wise things to do. Now, let's say that it's not 18 months, it's, you know, it's 10 years or more, oh. then, and, and for many of our listeners probably in that boat, you know, what's the first step that you take? You know, I think you've got to sit back and look at your values and what you wanted to do in life, look at your skills, and you need to apply those, and you need to spend, spend time and schedule time for priorities, not let life run you over with minutiae. By being more thoughtful, and again, probably a, a weekly reflection time, is to try to keep you on point. Um, we're going to do a vision boarding exercise or a, a life planning thing, and that's about keeping focus on those things that are most important to you, because very often we can lose sight of them and, and go down little rabbit trails. Yeah. Oh, shiny object syndrome, right? Squirrel, yeah. whatever you want to call it. Uh, I personally really struggle with that mm -hmm. that uh, you know there's lots of shiny objects but the big picture is the most important picture to me and so uh, I practice a lot of what you've just described you know having right. a vision writing goals down and so forth I'm a huge proponent of that it didn't start that way no. uh, I'm even a proponent of uh, to a to a certain extent, light duty meditation. I don't know that it's the same thing. Some people, I'm not looking for a guru or enlightenment or something, but I'm just deliberately thinking through specific elements as if to sort of pre-train how to behave as these opportunities present themselves. Yeah. So you know, I, it's the what if game. I mean, come on, we've have you not played the the what if game is great. By the way, if you're on a long car trip. 
And you could just say, well, what if this crazy thing happened? Then what? Exactly. We used to drive my father berserk when I was a kid. Like, well, what if there was a tidal wave? It's like, son, we're in the middle of Kansas. I'm like, well, what if it happened? I was like, then I guess we'll get wet. You know, like, okay, well, that was a pretty useless one. But sometimes they were interesting. What would you do if this? You know, yeah. what would we do if there was a bunch of traffic? Well, we'd have to look at these things. What if we ran out of gas? Well, we'd have to. It sounds silly. And yet it can be very relevant. Yeah. What would you do if you actually did inherit a whole bunch of money all of a sudden? Right? What if you actually had a rich uncle you didn't know about? Well, uh, one, you'd be blessed, but to a uh, little reflection time. Well, there better be, because yeah. most people that get sudden wealth blow it. Yeah, exactly. Right? And, and it has an opportunity to change your life. But strangely enough, uh, many, many lottery winners say it ruined their lives. Yeah. So uh, what do you do if you have sudden wealth? Well, first of all, go back to that good team of people around yeah, exactly. you. Exactly. Right? You're right there. If you're savvy, you know, get a team of people that can help you to hold the mirror up in front of your face and make better decisions. Yeah. Okay? Um, so that's the thing. And, and I would say, uh, you know, as we're running to the end of our time here, you know, when it comes to trade-offs in life, deferring gratification when it comes to a lot of financial stuff, I encourage especially when it's getting your nest egg started and so forth. That's a good time to defer gratification. Mm -hmm. I am not a big fan of deferring memories and experiences. No, uh, I don't think you need to spend a lot of money on them, but I think having people that you care around you and having those experiences, especially the ones that really don't cost much money to enjoy the sunsets and the sunrises and you know beautiful scenery. We live in Oregon, it's amazing. There's a lot of value in those experiences. Don't miss out okay all right well look the music's playing so we're out of time for now so i will simply remind you of this uh, if you don't have professionals in your life uh, we'd be delighted to help you give our office a call at 541-375-0898 or check us out on littlejohnfs.com and rick i said you, you give out the number but if you want them bad enough hey call our office we'll help you find them until next time thanks for tuning in the preceding program was paid for by little john financial services